Welcome to a new episode of the Cartridge Club, where we discuss our game of the month with members of the Cartridge Club community. If you played along, you can always share your own experiences in the forums at cartridgeclub.org, in our community's Discord, or across social media by using the hashtag PlayAlongWithPrime. My name is Musty Hobbit, and to kick off Season 7, we are playing something a little out of character for the club in not only a PC game, but one in the real-time strategy genre. We are playing 1998's StarCraft. And joining us for the show are two community members who are super excited to join us. We have Church from the YouTube channel The Game Grinder and co-host of the Game Tenants podcast. And we also have Kevin, known on YouTube as Buried on Mars, co-host of the Retro Fandango and Quick Save Club podcasts. So sit right back, buckle in, we've got all the minerals you need. Let's talk about StarCraft. have like this like shrine to starcraft what got you there to the point where, where you wanted to honor this game in that way i guess when i first got the battle chest was after i'd already played the game so i was like i already played the game and this was a time when i wasn't collecting and i wanted to have a copy of it so i got the battle chest and then it kind of it was probably starcraft 2 that really it's like oh i started getting the collector's editions and then as my general collecting grew, then I got the little things like the figures and I grabbed the, the Nintendo 64 cart and how some of my collection layout is, is there are certain franchises that are just very special to me and StarCraft is one of those. So I kind of gave it its own little section, basically, as far yeah. as that goes. That's awesome, and I, I I love the way you do that with your collection. I think I think Ryan's mentioned that in the past too that he really digs the kind of <laughs> yeah. shrine aspect to it, which I think is is pretty awesome. So so you played through the original. Um, like, do you have like you? I, I know you more recently played through it here to mm -hmm. to talk about it with us, but like, do you have big memories of way back then playing this? I first like I knew of Warcraft. Uh, there was a time when I had a friend that had a PC before I had a PC, and I would bring over like my Super Nintendo and PlayStation, and he would play those, and I would play his PC. So I was playing stuff like Warcraft. Then it was a couple years later, I ended up meeting a friend that I went to school with that lived across the hall in my apartment. Like, you know, he was relatively new, and I didn't really talk to him much. And a thing brought us together and got started talking and he had StarCraft and just knowing my connection to Warcraft, I was super interested in it. And 
basically pleaded with him for weeks to let me borrow the game. And I think it was the end of... I think it was the end of 99. My family was going to visit some other family. And this was when I was starting to kind of get some, like, my own independence. I was working. I was still in school. Uh, I was in high school. But, you know, I got the option to not necessarily have to go out and hang, hang out with family. So... They were gone for the weekend. I borrowed it from my friend, and I pretty much just binge played through the entire campaign for StarCraft and Brood War in essentially one sitting because wow. it just it just caught me so much. Like yeah. I really enjoyed Warcraft, and I'd played stuff like Command and Conquer, um, and maybe a, another random one or so. But it was just something about the the story that grabbed me, combined with the graphics at the time. Uh, the gameplay was pretty interesting compared to everything else because i'd only played a couple strategy games and just loved it and it's pretty much been that way for the last 20 years at this point that's excellent so kevin when you when you heard we were going to actually do uh not just a pc game but in, but an rts uh I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts were when when the word got out uh well i i was thrilled <laughs> because this seems to be a very underappreciated uh, genre uh, outside of Korea, I, I take it. Um, but yeah, I, I loved RTS. I played a whole bunch of them um, back in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. And uh, StarCraft was kind of just another one that I had played. So when you guys were playing this, I've always meant to go back and, and play it again. Um, so that was really the reason <laughs> why I was excited because I was like, okay, finally an excuse to get back, uh, and play Starcraft again. I really started playing, um, Command and Conquer, uh, when they first came out, but I was never really interested in the campaigns. I actually kind of hated the campaigns. Um, I would start them and they kind of bored me because they would, you know, there would be like one weak character that you'd have to protect or whatever. Like even in Starcraft, one of the early missions you have to protect, uh, one of the guys in one of the uh, cars. You know, you have to make sure he survives the mission. And I always thought that was stupid when you can go play like, um, I called them instant action, but uh, you can call them, I don't know, skirmishes or whatever, uh, where you could just, the game just gives you a map and you can just randomize your team and you can a couple, play against a couple of uh, computer component uh, opponents. That That's how I mostly played all my RTSs back then. Because I, I just didn't want to have to like worry about saving one little ship when I can play these instant action things, and I could, I could create fifty of them, you know, and send them on a rampage. And the goal was just to obliterate the other team, right? Just to take them completely out. Instead of like you had to do a certain mission or whatever. And I, I just, I, I didn't care about the story. <laughs> I just cared about playing the game. I just wanted to get right into it. So I did that for most rts that i played like all the early um command and conquer games and i got into age of empires and it wasn't until a game came out called uh, star trek armada and i got that game and you know on the back of the box it says you know with voice acting from uh patrick stewart and michael dorn and john delance i think that's how you say his name or delancey or whatever um q basically in the show and i realized if i wanted to hear like you know these actors in the game i would actually i would actually have to play the campaign in order to get the dialogue in that so that was really the first game where i started playing the campaign i think that game came out in 
2000 or 2001. And uh, that's where it really clicked on me. Like, oh, these campaigns are actually fun. <laughs> you know, like, you know, they give you like a mission or a goal within there. So I actually went back uh, and started replaying all the uh, Command and Conquer games. And I started playing um, the Red Alert, you know, Red Alert 1 and 2 and uh, and uh, Age of Empires 1 and 2. And then uh, when it was time to get to StarCraft, I think I had picked up a GameCube and uh, my computer was like kind of crapping out and I'd have to update a bunch of components in it. So I, I never really got back, got around to playing StarCraft again. So uh, that it was, I, I was happy to do it this time around. Yeah. Finally sure. get back to it. See, that's, that, it, it's interesting that you took the, the multi, the multiplayer first approach or, or at least the, um, play against the the, the computer, yeah, computer in, in yeah. a multiplayer setting uh, first, because to me, a, a lot of the campaigns for this feel like a glor. Well, not. Let me just say this: I'm trying not to be disrespectful, but it it feels like a glorified tutorial, or at least a it's, yeah. a, it's guided learning yeah, as to totally. how to get better. It's like okay, now we're gonna we're gonna move the 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 ceiling a little bit higher. Look, let's not give you everything let's get you used to building for terran right let's get you used to building marines and fire bats let's worry about that let's get let's get a mission or two of that and and by going through that you're almost then leading up to like the final exam and then moving on to the next the next race whereas you've entirely flipped that and you got good at it from the beginning up to the end, and then you're able to then take that into the campaigns. And you don't have to stress as much about, well, now what do I do? Uh, it's just there's these artificial sort of limitations that are placed on you. Or maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe there are a lot of people who just like exclusively play multiplayer and don't really touch on the story. But Church, you talked about the storytelling and the story being like the thing that really grabbed you. Mm-hmm. You want to kind of talk about like the lead in or maybe kind of hit some of the like early elements of the story for... Let's start just with without the expansion pack, but just kind of the things in there that really you found unique or found so unique that it that it caught you in a way that maybe didn't had yeah. caught you in other games before that. Well, it was a very sci-fi heavy game. I mean, there had been other sci-fi games that I played previously, but it was kind of like the end of the '90s when things were when video games were really like blossoming. Uh, you know, better graphics, voice acting was huge. And it was just, yeah, the cutscenes, like uh, the thing with Blizzard especially is every time they put out a game, like it was always like cutting edge. The cutscenes were, you know, the best around often. And StarCraft was just, they put so much care into it. One thing that I thought was neat is, yeah, there was a lot of RTS games that were definitely multiplayer focused. And StarCraft definitely is, like, by no means is it not uh, a multiplayer juggernaut uh, competitively. But besides that, they, they made a solid game and they just crafted, like, such a robust and deep story with meaningful characters and events it just kind of grips you right away, like especially if you played it in the time where these these cutscenes were impressive. Uh, seeing these, you know, uh, the initial Zerg uh, trailers and 
and then just kind of throwing you in, introducing you to Jim Raynor, who has been a staple of the series story, for the story uh, all the way up until the end of the last game in the StarCraft II trilogy. Um, just kind of, they just like throw you in there right away. And for me, that that just caught me. And it was, like I said, the, the gameplay was relatively unique. We didn't have a lot of strategy games on the consoles, not as comparatively to PC games. It's quite the game to start because they, 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 they mastered it with StarCraft. And that's why, especially the multiplayer is as big of a thing as it is. It's just because they, they built such a solid game. I guess it's kind of hard not to talk about the campaign missions without mentioning the balance between all three factions. And I, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but like that's really the best part of this game, <laughs> the best element that the I find anyways, that what this game does um, better than any other uh, RTS is that each faction, because you have the three factions, the... Um, I'm bad with names, so it's I know you guys. Okay, you've so got the Zerg. The Zerg, Zerg is the 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 sort of the insectoid, uh, sort of organic uh, race. There's the Protoss, which is the the like true alien kind of psionic uh, race, and then there's the Terrans, who are effectively the humans. But your Terran, your Terrans, though they primarily have like tanks and uh, battle cruisers and and other sort of more ground. Well. Not that walking mechs are grounded, but they, they feel more realistic than than some of the other races. Um, but Kevin, you were talking about balance. Uh, yeah, so with that said, all these three factions are really completely different, and they play completely different. And just how the game is able to mesh them all together so well. Every single one seems to have a weakness and, and a way to compensate for that weakness. Um, like, for instance, the Terrans, which are the humans, they have the ability to cloak, but the other guys have ability, have a way to see through your cloak kind of thing. And I found that if I forgot to do something in my base, if I forgot to, say, put enough uh, uh, surface-to-air defenses on there, uh, the AI seemed to be very clever and would just kind of bombard you with uh, airstrikes. And... That kind of threw me. Like, you know, I'm not kind of, I'm not used to that. Um, they, you know, AI in these games are can be predictable after you play them for a while, and and these ones always seem to find that weakness, find that thing. Like, you know, you forgot to protect your left flank or whatever, and it would find a way to strike you on that side, kind of thing. So I re I really appreciated that. Uh, you know, playing through the campaign because uh, this is really the first time I played through the campaign. And uh, I appreciated that, that the game was, you know, a game that's this old was, seemed like, you know, that it, it felt like as if it was something that came out yesterday kind of thing, you know, that it was almost modern in a way. Yeah, for sure. Ahead of its time. Now, now, did you play the original or did you do the remaster out of curiosity? I played the original for a good chunk of it. And then I, I was enjoying the game enough that I eventually 
put down the, uh, I guess it's it was eighteen dollars and ninety nine cents here, uh, but I was like, ah, I'm enjoying this game enough. I I'll, I'll throw them a few bones because it was free. On Blizzard, yeah, right? the, the fact yeah. that Blizzard offers this game up for free, and that when they when they made that announcement, granted that was two years ago they made that announcement, but it, it certainly played a factor in us picking it because we're like, hey, look guys, a free game. Yeah, it's free for once. And it's entirely I, free. I still have my hard copy from back in the day, but it was just, it was so much easier just to download it from Blizzard. I didn't even, uh, I, I was going to play it like all old school and everything. And I just got really lazy. And I just went to Blizzard and played it on my modern uh, PC. I, I was going to play it on my old Windows 98 PC, but yeah, just got lazy. Man, that would have that given the, the, the uh, big nostalgia feel. Yeah. Like. For sure, but that computer's really noisy when you turn it, it on, <laughs> and I could play this like late at night on my modern PC and not have to worry about waking up Sarah in the next room. So that's good. So, do you have a? Let me ask you this: since we're talking about the races in the game, do you have a preference? Do you have one that 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 you, if if you had to pick from the three, would go with every time? I I always like humans in these kind of games even like you know alien versus predator and that i always like the marines i kind of um can relate to them more so even in this game i've definitely preferred the the terrans um the zerg i can't stand them i can't stand playing bugs i don't like it like i love sci-fi in that but i hate it when sci-fi starts going on about bugs i just don't care about them unless it's like something like uh start trip troopers where they're just blowing them up that's fine yeah. <laughs> but when you well, have it's to, interesting because like... this came out like a year away from Starship Troopers, right? Like the movie, right, yeah. not the not the preceding source material, but we were all about the all about the bugs in that in that little stretch there. <laughs> yeah. So I I I agree with you, and I am also like Terran first, uh, just because I think they cater to a play style that I um, prefer, like. Mm -hmm. in, I prefer to entrench myself, build up strong defenses, and and then get to my best and biggest uh, weapons, and then wander those around the the entire battlefield and just wipe, the, you know, wipe everything. So it's like two fleets of battle cruisers. Like that is that's a good time for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I will say that playing as the Zerg through the Zerg campaign, which I, I streamed, like I had a, more moments in that that uh were extremely exciting and so i mm. i i kind of get it i just don't know that i it they are far more of a get up and go like start harassing the other teams as early as you can and try and disrupt their economies uh and that is something that i have a hard time telling myself to do because i just want to keep upgrading things and getting stronger and stronger and then go Church, do you, do you do you do you have a comment on that? Yeah, or, I was yeah. mostly agreeing with kind of your your views on the races. Um, in in the campaign itself, it's not as necessarily as important to be like on the ball with countering units or doing specific strategies. You can you can brute force, but especially in particular with the multiplayer, um, there are distinct play styles. A as you'd mentioned, like the Zerg are definitely like harass, uh, rush, you know, constant swarm kind of stuff. Like you really have to 
to uh, and i can't remember if this was shown in the if you played the original but i know in the remaster when you beat the levels it'd show your apm next to your name when it gave you like the final scores after you finished the map and the apm is actions per minute which is a super important uh, piece of the multi multiplayer component because if you can be clicking your units and moving them all around quickly it does a lot but that applies to all the races um for me i'm i'm really like a true random player uh, i'd played i've played hundreds and hundreds of hours of multiplayer in starcraft one and starcraft two and there were times where i'd stick to a particular race but it's fun to mix it up and it gives you a greater understanding of how each race handles and effective ways to counter and if you're playing them all you kind of get a better grasp on the game and um there's a there's a lot you can do there's a great variety it gives you different strategies and but at the same time it, it won't the campaign won't punish you if you can't do those things if you're not quick you can essentially just make uh what what they call a marine ball which is just pump out 30 marines you know do like three four control groups and then you know uh uh a move to auto attack and just have them run to a point like there's a good chance you'll eventually be able to win uh but the further on the game, the game does definitely step up a little bit and starts, as uh, Kevin said, that they will adapt to how you're playing. So if you're not making air defense, they're going to throw some air at you. And if you're not, you know, have an effective uh, ground force, they'll, you know, pump out more ground units. And it's it's pretty great. And there there hasn't really been another game that's, taken this gameplay style to the next level like starcraft is pretty much it uh from that you know uh, eventually warcraft 3 came which took more of a like a hero focus it still you know still had your base building and stuff but uh really in the rts genre it doesn't get better than this so aside aside from that are there other aspects of starcraft that that they do and kevin i'm gonna go to you first on this like are, are there things that starcraft does since you have a, a, a that view of other rts experience what does starcraft do that other rts's of its time or be, or after it like what does starcraft do right that those maybe don't have perfected quite to the same level Damn, that was those were my two things. <laughs> those <laughs> the, were your two things. The balance between all three fractions and uh, uh, how how the AI is able to uh, uh, adapt to you. That that was it. That's all I could really think of. Um, you know, I, I find I found that a lot of what is in StarCraft is derived from Command and Conquer, and not so much Age of Empires, but you know. Um, just like how the campaigns, like you, you know, you gotta protect one person, or uh... I still have a hard time with that. Like, like there's like even in this, uh, I find that you know, yes, you get Jim Rayner, you get Sarah Kerrigan, and you have to, like, it specifically says, don't let them die. Right. I lost missions yeah. because I got either 
overzealous thinking that I could just push because there's a few of those where it's like get them to the uh, get them to this beacon. And one of them, it's like you have to fly them in with a uh, <laughs> with a you, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, you got to fly yeah. them in with the drop ships. You got to fly them in with the drop ship. But on the other side that you haven't been able to see is the fact that there's a bunch of Scourge, which are the Zerg. <laughs> suicide fighters like the the flying units and they right. and they will ruin that dropship and make you start the whole mission over again and it that happened that happened once but i'd already failed that mission once prior and it's just like ah it's like having to so there were a lot of times where i just even though that that individual had powers and the ability to do things that your standard characters couldn't i would just leave them back and okay. Well, if I can just interrupt, Musty, you're yeah. making a, a rookie mistake here. If before you do <laughs> something uh, cocky like that, and you know, do something, you 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 give yourself a nice little save point. You save right there, and you say, "Okay, I'm going to try this now and see if it works. And if it doesn't, then you just go back to your save." Yeah. So, so you this know. is this is a a a I'm not a PC gamer mistake. <laughs> yes, I, exactly. I will admit that, and so I I, uh, I can tell you I will I will will probably have played through the game a lot faster if i had done this i did not the only time i saved was when i was ending for the night oh if I man was in the middle of a mission yeah so like there, there were a couple of zerg missions that i found myself uh three four times uh one of them was the final mission and that uh took me a while because you your resources i haven't even really talked about this one of the things that 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 an rts is 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 it requires you to manage resources to then fund uh, your unit building, your upgrades, your new uh, your new buildings, and and all of the above. And for the Zerg, as an example, the Zerg need a lot of gas. So the, there's gas and minerals are the two resources, and then supply, which is just managed by certain units or buildings. In this case, overlords. Build more overlords. Uh, <laughs> There's lots of, um, but yeah, so like once I figured out, hey, there's a vent that I can get to, and then once I finally pushed to that, then I then I was like, okay, I was swimming in the gas that I needed to be able to build up the, you know, two squadrons of guardians to basically just, you know, carpet bomb this entire place. But yeah, I, I didn't save. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very important. I, uh, just some, some pro tips here for you, because, you know, that's I, I'm, good. I'm a professional here. Um, <laughs> I once once the level starts and I get my base all like kind of built up a little bit, like the start, I put a save point right there, so I don't have to start from scratch again, right? I, every time I go back to restart, if I screw up a level or whatever, at least I have like the the basics all done. And then before I do any sort of move, like explore a little bit of the map or anything like that, or send out something, because sometimes you'll even send out. Uh, a drone or something like that just to explore an area of the map uh, that will what the kids call aggro uh, the the enemy and they'll come and attack you right they'll like hey there's something over here and they'll just or they'll follow your your drone back to base or whatever so before I do anything like that uh, I always put save points uh, in there so I have I like I mean for any one of the levels I probably have four or five <laughs> saves to go back to 
Because I mean, Jeez, it's just it's just hard drive it's just hard drive space, right? <laughs> it's not it's not a, a dinky PlayStation Two memory card with only eight megabytes. You got tons of yeah. hard drive space, so go ahead, go wild, save, man. Fair enough. I I I accept my failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Whoops. and I I will say too, uh, with StarCraft, when you get your hero units, they're they're only like slightly stronger than regular units, so because of like those kind of frustrations uh despite the ability to like you know save and just reload for me i always just left them like right in the middle of my base just mm -hmm. leave them there yeah. and i'll just use all my other units oh yeah why would you send them out to attack like it just don't don't take that risk <laughs> you yeah. know just leave them there there are some of the missions like the terrans have to go into a, a ship at one point, you have to kind of go through the hallways, and you really don't have much of a choice to keep that individual yes. with the group. Uh, but I think that those levels are balanced enough so that they have made it that unless you leave them unguarded by other units, they'll survive. Like the they always seem to come across a couple more units as as the level goes. Like right when you're at that point where you're like, "Wow, I'm down to my hero character only." And all of a sudden, it's like, you found another squad. And look at that. How convenient for you to be able to continue on now. It's a little gripe that I have, but I don't know that anyone has done it better. Like, I've tried uh, on console, Battle for Middle-Earth 2, and they have hero units. And those hero units function in a very similar way. Uh, however, I think that in the campaigns there, I don't know that it's... I can't recall if they if they make it a limitation to you can't pass this if this person dies. Do you so of, of those heroes? Do you we mentioned a few of them. We mentioned Kerrigan. We mentioned Rainer. Do you have favorites? Uh, Church, I want to I want to ask you first. Uh, do you, do you have favorites through, let's say, the original campaign? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, of course, of course, Jim Rainer. He's legendary. Same with Kerrigan, Sarah Kerrigan. Tragic story. They're just awesome characters. There's so much personality, and they're they're pivotal to the story. I mean, especially Kerrigan. Like she's like really kind of like the a, a center point for the the entire story. But I mean, most of the like the the good characters are are the ones I love because they play significant roles throughout. Uh, you got Phoenix and um, trying to think of a couple other notable ones from the Protoss. Yeah, there's not a whole lot from the Zerg because you're kind of controlled by this just the Overmind. The Overmind, yes. And there, there's the random Cerebrates. Like uh, I, I can only remember Zaz, but there's like two or three other sort of entities like you that are handling the brood, but they. It, it's really the overmind at first, and then it essentially is Kerrigan takes over, and the Zerg that she's not in control of are just wild animals, essentially. So there's there's a in the early portion of the Protoss campaign, you have to destroy a Cerberate. And when I was playing this, because I played it on stream, I had some people speculating that that is you from the Zerg campaign. Because you are a servrit during hmm. the Zerg campaign, and I thought that was an interesting 
take on it, and then, mm-hmm. and, and I had nothing to confirm one way or the other whether that is true, but just found that found that kind of interesting. That, that is actually pretty interesting. I'd never really thought about that before. Because they because they play out in sequence, right? You, you're, yes. You're, the Terran campaign plays through its entirety, and then you pick up after. Uh, I, I guess we'll just go for it after uh, Kerrigan is taken and. Uh, the early portion of the Zerg campaign is maintaining a chrysalis, um, which is actually her transformation into uh, the Queen of Blades. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm getting these things right. The uh, and then you go through, and eventually she, like you said, she sort of takes over. We have to plant the uh, a crystal at the home. Or under the temple of the Protoss to then begin a Zerg invasion of a Protoss homeworld. Uh, and then you have the Protoss trying to recover from that, and, and you play out the actions there. I love the setup moments. That, mm-hmm. that I, I, I think that's great. You, you have the, the screen that pops up. One of the things that I remember from like a game like this or a game like MechWarrior 2, which was like the only other PC game like I really played during the 90s. Mm-hmm. But like they always did a great job of setting up the gameplay and having uh, and having the ability to weave a story into something like I think both of you said something that usually wouldn't have a story. Like most RTSs don't take you through a narrative in in much of the same way. Not I think Blizzard has figured it out or had figured it out by this point because they had gone through. Warcraft one and two, uh, and kind of knew what worked, uh, but it didn't. Uh, I want to give just a brief little touch on some development history that I that I dug up, and it looks like Starcraft was in like dire straits at one point. Uh, in '96 was it was originally planned to get shipped in 1996. It was got shown off at E3 uh, in. Uh, earlier in that early in 96 and the the image that i have is a horrible eyesore it sounds like early on they ran into some trouble and like this game was not performing well it didn't perform well when it showed at at uh, at e3 um and then all of a sudden uh diablo sort of became the priority and it gave them time to incubate this a little bit more and two years later Starcraft gets sort of relaunched as as and then became what it is now. In looking at that imagery, I'm just like, this is this is not this is not what I want to see. No, 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 no. Like I couldn't imagine staring at that for an hour, let alone an entire campaign. Like that's just that's just rough. Kevin, did you did you have favorite characters from the campaign, or did you have favorite maybe moments from the campaign um, that you wanted to touch on? I think a, a better question is is did I pay attention to the story? And, there you go. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's fair. That's and fair. I, I, uh, I, I, no, no offense to anyone who enjoys the story. I uh, totally zoned out. Uh, I tried. I sat there and uh, I tried to follow what was going on and I just couldn't do it. Um, I had no idea what was going on too. So it got to the point where like the mission would start up and they would start talking and I'd be like, all right, let's just get right into it. What do I need to do? What's my mission objectives? That's all I need to know. Okay. Protect this guy, save this guy, whatever. Um, so for the as for the characters and that I don't know I wasn't following along. There was a, the one girl with the she she was like a sharpshooter or something and mm-hmm. like she made fun of the one guy because she could read minds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So 
like she was like oh you're thinking about my ass or something like that and the guy was like what how do you know oh that's right you could read mine so i was like oh man this is this is pretty bad um so that was a memorable moment um i did like uh the um surly russian guy that was he had it was like the first time you got one of them big commander ships mm-hmm. that could wipe out everything i like that guy he was nice and surly and he seemed really annoyed with everyone every time. Every time you tell him to do something, he seemed like really annoyed <laughs> that he'd have to go do it. So I liked him. Um, Is that Duke? Am I thinking right? That sounds right. I think, yeah, that might have been his name. I'm not sure. Duke's usually the good guy, though, in these stories. But, um, yeah, I, I liked him. <laughs> and uh, the girl who could read minds. That was, that was it. There it yeah, is. yeah. And, you know... It, and you kind of touch on an important piece with StarCraft is it's, it's a game you can enjoy all of it. You can play the campaign, enjoy the story. You can play the multiplayer. But there's tons of people who probably have put thousands of hours into StarCraft and have never played the campaign because they have no interest in, you know, they just want to play the game. And that's especially where where the multiplayer shines is if you want to play gameplay and you really want to engage yourself, multiplayer is can be an intense place at times. Yeah. So let's like, let's, I, let's I, talk I just about want, the multiplayer, but go but Kevin, go ahead and finish your I, thought before we do I, that. I I just don't want like because everyone gets really obsessed with what I don't like. I just want to say like I it's not that I think the story's bad or anything like that. It's just something that didn't grip me. Um, I, I like, uh, like command and conquer that series is like very tongue in cheek and I really enjoy that stuff. I enjoy all the, the overacting and cheesy stuff and that, and this game seemed to want to take itself a little too seriously. So that's really the only thing it, it just didn't click with me. So I have no idea if it's good. I have no idea if it's bad. It just didn't click with me. And that's all I want to say. And that's yes. totally fine. You're not. You're not. I'm not going to give you any grief for that because yeah, for sure. There, there were some missions where it's just like, yeah, can we, like, <laughs> or there were times I, I I would use I would use sometimes the story portion to you know talk to chat, you know, because right. because I, I streamed all of it, right? So I, I'm trying to stay interactive, and, and and those are good opportunities to do that. Um, plus, some of the like infighting with like the Terrans is a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit strange that there's a rebellion going on and you're meant to go silence the rebellion, but in the process you get pulled into it and um, it's it goes deep. It goes as deep as you want it to go, right? And, that, of, and I think that's one of the nice things about it, Church. Yeah, ahead. I was talking to one of my friends recently about playing replaying StarCraft, and um, he he's not really into RTS games and he didn't want to sit down and play starcraft i'm not sure when he did this but uh instead he decided hey i'm just gonna go find a video uh which people have basically played through the game and essentially cut out the gameplay and give you all the story and he watched one of those videos and uh it kind of made sense when he said it but he's like yeah he's like in many ways to me starcraft is kind of like sci-fi game of thrones it's you know uh, all these factions and these different uh, infightings and struggles and wars going on and the betrayals and the relationships. And I was like, yeah, it's a good point. But with video interesting, games, interesting take. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's not 
you know, one-to-one comparison, but I, I kind of see what he was getting at and I, I totally accept that. But sometimes for games, people just want to play a game and Starcraft has, a, there's a lot of story, especially if you're listening to all the dialogue because every mission starts up with, with like kind of the, uh, the briefing room and they're just talking and you get into the mission and then they're doing their initial like dialogues for setup and that can go on for a few minutes sometimes and you'll meet another character during the mission and then they'll talk for a couple minutes. I could see, I, I could definitely see why some people are just kind of like, yeah, I just want to keep playing the game. And that's where multiplayer comes in. Um, yes, um, I, I love the mechs, the Ed 209 from RoboCop mechs. Goliath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Goliath. those things. Or yeah, is that what they're called? Yeah, those things are uh, are cool. I just love the way they sound. You know, like what in their voice, how they talk and all that. It's it's they're Ed from 209, Ed 209 from RoboCop. One of their you know? lines specifically says that. <laughs> like, Does it? If you, yeah. If you if you repeatedly click on him, like one of the fun things that I found, and and and. Church, maybe you have specific examples of this too. Uh, but like, if you if you click on an enemy enough, they get annoyed with you. And at one point, he says, "Milspec ED two oh nine on." <laughs> nice. If you click on him, if you keep going, eventually he goes USDA selected, and then they do it again. And he goes FDIC approved. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, almost all units have those sorts of things, and that that's pretty much a staple in like the Blizzard RTS games. Mm-hmm. But and like, lots of the... lots of throwbacks. Oh, for sure. Dropship sure. has like a has aliens reference. You know, down the pipe, right. five by five. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, where is it? The firebat. The fi- So the the flamethrower dude uh, references King of the Hill because he oh. talks about he he, he talks about propane or you should buy propane <laughs> right. or propane accessories. Yeah. yeah. Like wow. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's it is it, it's comical that they can do that. I, I remember them doing that with Warcraft Two, like mm-hmm. because they just be like, leave me alone. Like it's but, funny. Like I don't think you get that in games today. Like they they might be too afraid to do that and get sued or have to pay some sort of weird copyright thing or something. Well, it's just like extra. You know, the extra attention that they put into the game. It's like they didn't have to do that, and. I mean, there's there's games that do neat little Easter eggs and stuff now, but to that extent, it's it's there's there's too much like business behind games. Yeah, uh, especially these days where you know, kind of especially in the PC market in the '90s and earlier, it, like it was really these independent studios. Even I mean, Bl- Blizzard was pretty big when they put out StarCraft, but you know, they just put extra polish, extra care, extra attention and you know it, the story of course yeah it's a serious story but yeah you can just click on these characters and they say funny lines from movies and break the fourth wall i i, I think it adds a fun level for people who want to enjoy that and especially when you're playing multiplayer and you're clicking on these units a ton you know it keeps it keeps it kind of interesting yeah kevin you'll you'll appreciate this the medic which is a terran vehicle from the brood war campaign 
if you click on them enough, uh, they will say, he's dead, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes. You're a Goliath person. I am siege tanks and battle cruisers. Like yeah. that's my, that's my, that's my favorite combination. Well, that's not even a good combination, but those two <laughs> best of the best. And especially if I have high ground siege tanks all day, and then like a couple of groups of Marines to keep them, keep them guarded. Church, what about what about you? Favorite? Well, I, I guess since you mentioned you kind of play it all, mm-hmm. do you have one for each race, or do you? Um, you don't yeah, have to, sort but... of like there's always kind of like a a standard strategy that I would go with. I'm like a more quantity over quality sometimes, where you can pump out hordes of units, but you always kind of want a good blend to be able to deal with air and ground. But you can get lucky and just stick with the same strategy all the time. But you really have to be flexible and adapt to what the other people are doing uh i will say siege tank i love siege tanks just the sound set when they uh when you go into the siege mode they kick out the arms and lock down and you can pretty much like annihilate like any like small to mid uh level ground unit uh battle cruisers are a beast uh protoss the, the carriers are a lot of fun especially when you have a whole bunch of them and it's just like hundreds of these little they're the little uh, ships flying around attacking. Oh, and then the, carriers. So <laughs> the moment when you first run into those in the campaign, is just like, oh, no, not now, <laughs> not now, please. Like, yeah, you're just getting swarmed and your units can't like focus on anything because they're just like randomly shooting at all the little uh, the little ships that they they send out. Zerglings and Hydralists, uh, especially I, I, I don't know something about the Hydralists. I really like I like them, too. Yeah, they're pretty I, th- I think if I had to pick a favorite, they're at least the most well-rounded mm-hmm. uh, because they also are... Someone was telling me that they're considered a medium-sized unit, so yeah. they don't take as much fire damage. So, like, fire bats can't hurt them as much. But Reavers... Oh, Reavers. <laughs> reavers are just yeah, so reavers. mean. They're so mean, but they're so expensive. Um, yeah. Can I just mention uh, uh, the siege tanks. You have to upgrade them to actually mm-hmm. siege. How'd mm-hmm. you guys feel about the upgrading? I didn't mind it because I, I was usually I was usually churning that upgrade up because the Terran, uh, the Terran buildings are, are nice because a lot of the enhancements are done through add-ons to the buildings, but it doesn't impede your ability to make the units at the same time. Right. And so getting that siege upgrade while you're churning out your first siege tank really was not that... To me, it wasn't that big of a deal. It kind of stinks that you have to dump a little bit more. But considering the number of units that I was that I would churn out over the span of a, uh, a match, the cost of, of making that upgrade really was almost inconsequential. But It gives a lot of diversity where you don't have to make siege tanks that go into siege mode. If you want to have like really mobile armored units that kick butt on the ground, you know, siege tanks are great. If you make a ghost, you know, it would be pretty wise to get cloaking for a ghost, but you don't necessarily have to. You can have a good ranged ground unit that uh, can harass well, uh, or some of the uh, flying units could really benefit if you decide, hey, I'm going to pump up their armor a whole bunch. And I liked getting, like, you know, several upgrades going at the same time, like your vehicle upgrade, your... Uh, command unit upgrades, which usually meant you had to make another uh, building on top of the building you had, like some sort of research building or something like that. And then I would even get 
two bases going, you know, mm. one for uh, to have the uh, satellite, uh, you know, where you can clear off a portion of the fog of war and find out what's going on or even decloak uh, enemies uh, in a spot and then have like a second base just for making nuclear weapons so I can nuke the the uh, other guys. So a lot of building and all that. And I, I, I like building stuff <laughs> and, and adding those upgrades. So it was fun. I, I love, and I love like while I was doing something, hearing that thing go off saying like upgrade complete. I'm like, great. Yep. Another one done. Get in there and do another one. So, you just snap right to it real quick and get the next one fired off. And yeah, yeah. I felt, I felt efficient while I was doing all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are there are people who have micromanaged the build. Uh, like I, I, I remember when StarCraft II was just out. It was around the time that I had built the PC that I'm using still currently, uh, and it's running wonderfully, surprisingly. PC um, Master Race. Sure. <laughs> uh, but the uh, I was watching videos of people who were like, "This is how you do. Like, this is your starter build for any time you're playing Terran." And it and it and it's synced down to like within seconds, like all of these things falling into place. Mm -hmm. And it's like yep. being able to orchestrate something like that and have it work that perfectly, like like kudos to people who have put that stuff together. I, I find myself like when I send a, a, a fleet or whatever out forgetting to come back and check in at home <laughs> and keep things moving. And so it's like I'll follow I'll follow an entire fleet of battle cruisers, and you know if I can't get if if they all get destroyed, you know they get psionic stormed or something, and like something really does some big damage and they get taken out, I then have to go back and fire off the next group of them. I haven't been building them the whole time, and and like so that's I think something that I need to work on. Yeah, uh... to get better at it, but. Uh, I just want to be so in on the fight. Like I, I want to watch <laughs> the fight go down and I, and, and I, yeah, I'm, it's, it's me being a poor field general. Yeah. Especially in, in multiplayer, your, your macro is as important as your micro. You mean keeping, keeping everything economy wise flowing and, and is that, that's what yeah, you're, yeah. And the thing is I don't micromanage either. Like it's, it's, it's not like <laughs> I, like sometimes I'm just, I just get so wrapped up in like watching 12 battle cruisers fly over a, a ridge and then being like, oh, there's their base. Here we go. I wish I gotten a little more opportunity to play some multiplayer this month. Uh, and I know we put out the call for it. Uh, I think we had, had our time syncing up with that. But uh, nevertheless, uh, because it's a free game, and if people are listening to it now and they still want to get in on that, you know, let me know because I would be, I would be interested. Even if it's just PVE, like I'm all for that. Like, yeah, you can. There's all kinds of options for multiplayer. You can play as a team. You can do free for all. They got uh, custom games, um, but I, I would say, I, I would definitely say for anybody with with the, I guess, 
ambition or or interest uh if you really want to delve into starcraft multiplayer i mean brood war is still beloved uh it's still big in korea uh but the quality of life improvements that were made in starcraft 2 are fantastic like when i it's been a i hadn't played starcraft since starcraft 2 came out uh i played I first played it in like 99 and I played lots of multiplayer, but I didn't play the campaign again uh, until uh, right before Starcraft two came out. So I kind of forgot about some of the, the changes that were made. So I went back and when I first started playing uh, this again and I was trying to do some hotkey commands, I was like, Oh, Oh wait, well, I can't cycle through my units uh, because it, like if you have a bunch of units that have special abilities and they're all selected, you can't. You have to click on the individual units to use their powers. Where in like StarCraft Two, you can like tab through and I'll like ah, switch okay. through the units and stuff. Like lots of really great quality of life improvements, and essentially the game is still very much the same. But there's a lot been changed. You you mentioned Brood War though, and like Brood War, was that like one of the first like balance patches? Like uh, effect- effectively was, served uh, as, as it served as a balance. I, I realized it was a full expansion. Yeah, they are. They, if I remember correctly, they did updates to the game. Uh, but yeah, Brood War was kind of, especially for the multiplayer, lots of balance changes. Um, and then they did add uh, additional units. A lot of the, more, the like, medic because the medic yeah. existed because. Without the medic, stim packs are, in my opinion, a horrible decision. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then suddenly, then suddenly they made it viable, right? Like yes. it's, it's like they, and it, it, it's funny because you look now at modern Blizzard, uh, not Activision Blizzard, but you know, still modern Blizzard, and <laughs> they are still doing this with their games now. They're constantly shuffling things and dialing things up and down and yeah, uh, you, know, yeah. you see it with overwatch where you, all of a sudden they're well they're not using they're not using mccree anymore we'll fix mccree like we'll we'll, we'll do something to make that make that better um but it, you know that you can go all, all the way back to before dlc was quite so much a thing uh and you know even doing that in case of, of brood war there now there is an additional campaign for all three races in that as well starcraft one story at least is all six campaigns starcraft one and the brood war campaigns they 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 give you a basically the the big story arc um so for anybody who wants to play the game for the story i mean definitely continue on through brood war because that's like when you know, Kerrigan really steps up her game and the betrayals happen and the the greater story uh, continues on. And I mean, it's a continuous story from the beginning, the first camp, first mission of Starcraft one, all the way to the very last mission of the third Starcraft two game. Like it is one arcing uh, space opera. Give it a shot for sure. <laughs> and save, save throughout <laughs> yeah. is, what, is what I'm being told. Um, yeah. Make, make sure you do that. Because Brood War, um, like it, Brood War, since they, since you, you, you by now should understand kind of the basics. Like some of those, some of those missions do get pretty wild. They're, but the, 
they're a lot of fun. Like, it's not a game that is, you know, it's not like Dark Souls. But if you play carelessly, you're not going to do so great. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to tell a quick story of a of a a moment that I highlighted uh, from one of my streams. It was how I ended a night. Uh, it was I think the I can't, can't remember which. So it was one of the Zerg missions where you're up against the Protoss. It's the one where you have to harvest a crystal, and the focus is that you have to go to this spot uh, that's guarded by multiple Protoss uh, forces, and you have to get somebody to this beacon. Now, the the missions themselves do this thing where where they'll give you the guidance, but then sometimes things change. Sometimes things change at the end, and so I didn't know what was coming, but I uh, I finally got my drone to that spot, and it took me a substantial effort to get there because I uh, and to the point where I had I had spread to like four different uh, harvesting points for minerals, and I, I like I, I probably spread myself too thin, but I needed it because of all of the air resources that I was trying to build because that was like the one way that I could get past these guys. Like it was one of the early missions where you get guardians for the first time. And so I'm like, well, clearly they're giving it to me. This is what I need. Anyways, what happens is you end up, I end up getting there. I'm like, yes. And they're like, now you got to survive 10 minutes while we <laughs> harvest the crystal. I'm like, no. Like, and then as that's happening, they're chipping away at these bases. They have a, some, some scouts going around and just picking off hatcheries. And I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I had 12 guardians uh and they had wiped out all my mutilisks and so i'm like well i need to they're then they're like okay now uh i had to go start saving i was like i need to go save my main base so that we have that and i'm like wait a minute there's a beacon on the ground and then all of a sudden that drone pops out and they're like take the crystal back and i'm like (laughs) no are you serious and so then i'm like well let's go let's go and i i send him up and all this is video documented so if you wanted to ever go watch it go check it out but i come across a carrier and it just destroys the drone well this whole time i had had like i had two drones left and this fleet of guardians and i had to run this elaborate uh thing with the guardians to pull the carrier away from where the crystal was bring in the drones and then get the drones back home uh without the carrier catching up to me and it was <laughs> so intense and the way that it ended i won't ruin it but it's it, like i never i've never felt so like fulfilled in a moment and so <laughs> terrified at the same time uh is is worth watching but yeah i i posted it on the forums over at cartridgeclub.org you want to go check that out uh it is in the uh starcraft forum thread there under cc prime but it's 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 cool how how this game can can make those kind of moments and things like that but i mean i think one of the other big things from this game and i i know some people have mentioned it in their own comments uh, is the music and how can i say perfect like i i I feel like i can almost say perfect about the music and uh, maybe you guys agree or maybe you don't i'm with Uh, you you're with me kevin what do you think about the music Eh, it's all right it's all right (laughs) i don't know it did i um 
I, I'm, I'm like the wrong person to ask about video game music. You're the I, music I, guy. I'm, I'm the guy, also the guy who did a review on uh, Nier and didn't mention the music. And I get a comment at least once a week on my YouTube channel about how could you do a review on Nier and not mention the music? I don't know. It just didn't stand out. To me. <laughs> and I don't know. Just with the, like uh, Metroid games, so the music stands out to me in those games. But I, I don't know. It just most most of the times in video games, I just uh, the music just really. Yeah, it's there. Do you do you think because you're as like focused no. on managing so many things that it just kind of melts away and it just kind of it's there but it isn't like front and center? Yeah. Maybe. I, I I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm just, trying I'm, to give you an out. I'm I, I just you know. maybe I'm just paying attention to the game. I don't know. It just there you go. I couldn't like hum a few bars of any of the songs. Watched a few like um, you know YouTube videos on StarCraft uh, just to you know see what like other people were saying about the game and all that like just to make sure that i'm not you know totally out to lunch on some things or whatever and a lot of people just go on about the music and i'm like i just none of it stood out to me i don't it's not that i think it's bad you don't need to defend yourself you don't i need do to defend yourself no Look, you don't i just sent out two, not to me i sent out two tweets okay one of them was about all the bands that i liked and i mentioned one band that i didn't like and that's all that people wanted to talk about was the band i didn't like <laughs> Nobody wanted. I I praised the other bands, you know. So it's not that I think the music's bad. It's just it was like background. It just really didn't Fair stick enough. out to me. Fair enough. So I don't yeah. hate it. <laughs> well, Church, do you have music? Do you have specific like tracks that you really enjoyed, or is there is there? I mean, I would say above all else, the like all three of the Terran themes are just. Like that, I mean, when I think StarCraft music, like it's those. And I don't know why the the Protoss or the Zerg uh, music doesn't really stand out as much, uh, but just the Terran, it's it just fits the mood. Like you know, it kind of has like militaristic theme, but there's sci-fi and electronic sounds to it, and I don't know. It's, there's some interesting like fanfares built into there yeah, as well. Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, there's some of the Zerg one that gets really synthy, mm. and, and and I kind of dig that. Um, but yeah, the, I, I I have to agree with you on all the Terran ones are pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Just just hitting the main screen though, like oh yeah, the moment I fired it up because it has been at least sixteen years since I played it. Like hearing that, it was just like, oh, I'm home. Like this is this is. Like, I've heard this so many times. Like, this feels this feels right. Yeah. Like, uh, th there's a uh, especially for like the, the main menu and a, a lot of the Terran. It, it has this very like like sci-fi western kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that's kind of how they carry Rainer as a character, at least in the. <laughs> yeah, he's very cowboyish. We have some comments. I want to. I want to open up to, to some comments that we had from from people in the in the crowd. But I I, I also I, I don't want to ignore the fact uh, that there is also another version of this game, uh, which uh, actually may come up in one of these comments. So let me let me first touch on uh, 
It's Rocket Sauce and his thoughts on StarCraft, which he played this month, and I'm very happy that he gave this one a shot. Uh, so he says, Hello, CC. Just wanted to get in some of my thoughts on this month's game. First off, I'm loving the music. I have the volume <laughs> turned up for this game. Prior to playing this game, I wouldn't be able to recognize a track. Now, after playing this game, I'm spotting it on the opening of the latest episode of the Game Tenants podcast. <laughs> I'm also enjoying the missions that involve me building up my base and army. I'm having fun thinking, okay, what do I need to do there? I need more tanks and I need them fast when playing these missions. Now, here's a complaint. Don't give me long time survival missions. Having to do the survive for 30 minutes four times because there are thousands of enemies that just invade in at the last minute and wipe out uh, half uh, or wipe out everything isn't very fun. Uh, I'm also not the biggest fan of playing with a keyboard and mouse. I will say that I have played the game prior on the N64, but this time I played on the PC. I want to be fast at moving around. I know I'm just not as good at, at this. I know I can go faster because I've seen others play this game. It'll just take me forever to figure this out. Cheers, everyone. Kevin, do you have any comments on Ryan's thoughts? Um, isn't Ryan an IT guy? And he's not fast with the keyboard and mouse. I, I don't. I don't know. I will say the Nintendo 64 port, mm -hmm. pretty good. Blizzard did a okay. great job of porting their early games to consoles, and you get pretty much the full experience. The game, game wise, um, I can't remember. I does doesn't it doesn't have the cutscenes though, right? Or do, does that's it? what I'm not. I'm not certain on. I, I, I would I would think space limitations because it it. As I understand, it has both. It has yes. Root War included, right? It, yes. It's both. So I, I would think they'd have to make some cuts somewhere just for space. You need the expansion pack if you want to play the cutscenes. There you go. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, can I just mention about the timed stuff and like I saw yeah, that people yeah. were stressing out about 30 minutes and all that. I don't, for me, an RTS. I started playing it and it, it, it you know minutes turn into hours it's mm -hmm. like you know next thing i know I've, I've been playing the game like i think i've been playing it for two minutes and i've been i've been playing it for two hours um so when i see 30 minutes i'm like oh that's just a cakewalk i can you know like it just doesn't uh that sort of time commitment doesn't bother me plus you could save at any point maybe not on the nintendo 64 but you could save at any point so just save at the start of 30 minutes and if you're doing well after 10 or 15 save again you know so if you ever have to start again, you're starting within 15 minutes of that 30-minute window. Isn't I, that an interesting change uh, dynamic as gamers is I distinctly remember a time, me and my friends, when we were younger, when we wanted games longer. Yeah, we wanted yeah. more, more, more. And now as adults, with less time, we're like, 30 minutes? What? Yeah. Just give me 30 <laughs> seconds, you know? Yeah. For sure, Ryan. I'm I'm glad that Ryan took the opportunity to uh, to play over this month. Uh, now I do have uh, another story, and this one I've been asked to keep this one anonymous. Uh, <laughs> oh. Ooh, I played this a lot growing up. I knew every unit, their damage and damage types, unit cost, which units were best to counter others, and memorized tech trees. None of this may sound impressive to any hardcore player, but I wanted to first establish how well I knew the game at one point in time. I'm sure patches. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I'm sure patches over time have changed all those values, and my data is all obsolete and outdated. My uncle, who I played StarCraft and Brood War with over the summer vacation for, from school, from sundown until sunup, 
making maps, fighting against multiple insane difficulty AI opponents. He told me that if he had his life to do over again, he'd join the U.S. Air Force. Eventually, I did just that. <laughs> I actually landed a job in the intelligence field where I would brief pilots and crew about situations they may encounter from local crime to active hostilities. A requirement for this job was to become a human walking and talking strategy guide for all the weapons in the area of operation, visual recognition at a glance, aircraft airspeed, aircraft armaments, armament capabilities, and countermeasures. Imagine Steve Carell as Maxwell Smart in the 2008 Get Smart movie. I had his job. I have no doubt that it was the years of intense studying of StarCraft that made it possible for me to excel. There shouldn't be anybody left in the world anymore who doesn't see the value games can have. Awesome. So thank you for that anonymous story. Uh, you who submitted it to me, you know who you are. P wins. That's great. U.S.? No. no. It said U.S. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing redacted here. It's just to throw us off. Fair enough. Uh, I also wanted to thank uh, Dan from Winter Ion Studios, uh, who commented in the forums. Uh, he was talking about, uh, he said he was glued to this as a teenager, making used map setting maps, playing custom games, going through the campaign, local land games of it at the traditional game store that he worked at. It says StarCraft is in his blood. Uh, Terran themes one and two are gold, although he usually played Protoss, and he loved chilling in Battle.net. Uh, he may love Westwood Studios, but he never played an RTS more than StarCraft, which is awesome. And then I have one last one, and then I'll get kind of final thoughts for you guys. Uh, and this is from uh, Simon Ashtier, who is one who I have met through streaming, uh, and he actually was a huge help along the way in keeping me uh, moving forward. He kind of helped remind me of some like critical points as, uh, as as we were going through this. But he says, I used to play in locally sponsored tournaments before esports were a big thing. My partner and I would practice, we would drill, we would rehearse, we'd even plot our own build orders down to the second. No copy and paste build orders, others made and posted on forums. One of the other tools that helped guide us was an old fashioned guide. Uh, or was old, no, old fashioned guile. Big difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> map hacks map hacks weren't allowed, but since we knew the Blizzard map of the week would be played, we printed our own out our own and hung it up next to the monitor. The other team cried foul and demanded their own maps, so we drew some and might have left out some very important ramps. They prepared for an island map with grand air-to-air -air battles and were surprised when a bunch of zealots and zerglings walked into their base. By round two, they figured it out, but I think it still shook them enough for us to get the other win. Uh, one match, my partner and I yelled out very loudly precisely everything we were doing as we were doing it. The other team didn't believe us and thought we were just trying to psych them out. It's tactical insanity. So they didn't prepare for an obviously telegraphed attack. Round two of three, we told them we'd be doing the exact same thing. We called out events just like before. They were sure it was a trick. It was not. Uh, <laughs> for one match, I asked some girls from my high school. I was in high school, too, at the time. Uh, to come by and fake interest in the game, asking lots of questions and distracting them. I'm not too proud of that victory. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Uh, Greasy. Another, yeah. Another round, we broke the game in a 3v3 match, top of the map versus bottom of the map. We concocted three strategies that should never worked, and they worked. This demonstrates how playing with a team as a team is wholly different from playing alone. We were all Protoss. The player cannoned off the choke point, dividing the map. Playing defensively only works for so long. Eventually, he'd be overrun. 
I went straight for carriers, leaving myself exposed and vulnerable to an early attack. It's ridiculous to try in any other circumstance. My other partner immediately started building dark archons for mind control. Normally, you can only command 200 supply worth of units. Mind control lets you go over the cap. As soon as my carrier was out, my partner would mind control it. My total used supply would go down. His would overflow. We all selected share vision. And when the enemy team saw we had over 600 supply worth of carriers, they're all, <laughs> they're all hallucinations of high Templar. As soon as we started the attack, they quit. That one, I, yeah, there, there you go. That's that. an awesome, awesome story, Simon. And I thank you for sharing it. And again, thank you for hanging out with me during the stream over the span of the month and helping me kind of realize, oh yeah, I should be building this. And that was a huge help. So, uh, so that leaves it, I guess, to, uh, to us. Do we, do we have any other thoughts or comments on StarCraft that we want to make before we call this a day? I think I would just encourage maybe more people to have an open mind. I know the RTS genre, it seems like certain there's certain folks that will play RTS games and a lot of people don't. It's, it is definitely a niche genre of games, but uh, especially if you like story games, uh, I, I give it a shot. You know, you maybe you'll be enthralled by the story. Maybe maybe you'll enjoy the gameplay. Who knows? Uh, but I, I would definitely encourage more people to check it out because it seems as time goes goes on, the, the legacy lives on, but I seem to meet more and more people who have never actually played StarCraft. It's a lot of fun. And the multiplayer can be fun too, especially if you can get friends together and, you know, it's like some of the stories that we heard. There's, mm -hmm. It can be a lot of fun. And some of the, the used map settings... Um, shout out to uh, uh, Marine Special Forces and Golems. Those are two fantastic, uh, like custom games you can play. Kevin, do you have any any final thoughts on uh, on StarCraft here? Yeah, I, I agree with Church's uh, sentiment. Uh, absolutely, try to give this game a try. Um, it was just a blast, uh, a nostalgic blast to go back and play an RTS again. It's been forever since i played one since they they are time sinks and uh i was glad that the cartridge club had picked this game to give me give me an excuse to go back and play it and uh, the first saturday that i got up early and made myself some coffee and sat in front of the computer and started playing rts i, I haven't done that since you know, the mid 2000s and it, it was just it was i felt like i was back at home <laughs> again you know uh, awesome. Playing it, playing this genre that I've ignored for so long, and um, that that I really enjoy, and I can't wait to retire and uh, <laughs> and start playing these again. Bunch of regular bunch basis, of, <laughs> regular RTS uh, RTS retirement. That's, yeah, that sounds absolutely. like fun. That yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah, I I realized in playing this that like I've missed playing this genre, which is funny because I'm almost almost exclusively a console player now. As as um, some of you know, and, you know, I realized that the organization, like, it's, it's so funny because I, I dig keeping things in order with the way that, like, I do my shelves and my collection and things like that, and that's exactly what you're doing here. You're keeping things organized, you're making sure, you're always keeping track of where things are at and how things are progressing, and it, it's, 
for the right person, it is a perfect uh, style of game to sort of scratch or like check all those boxes um, if if you, that's the type of thing that you're into. Uh, I will also say that one of the nice things about playing this on PC is that the controls have never changed because they've never had to. And the controls were, I feel, put together so perfectly, uh, StarCraft II improvements notwithstanding. But like mm -hmm. the ability to, like it did not take me long to get back into the groove of, you know, uh, shift you know, like selecting and then and then assigning you know groups you know, like one through six is what i would usually use and 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 quickly getting that kind of thing down and making sure to you know like the the quick hot key um like alphabet prompts it all came back so quickly and it's something that if you really want to sink the time into you can get that feel for it and you can know that like okay i need to build a bunker so be you and and get that down like those things will come in time. Don't let them get you down. If if you've never played this before, uh, that's that's why the campaign can be there. Or you can, you know, like like Kevin has said, just sort of dive right in and and work your way up, and things will improve. And you can kind of dial up the difficulty as you feel. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for our talk on StarCraft. On behalf of the club and the other hosts of CC Prime, I'd like to thank both Kevin and Church for joining us to talk about the game. Uh, Church, where are the best places that people can find you and your content? Uh, easiest way to find me is just look up The Game Grinder on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, you also find the Game Tenants podcast on my YouTube channel. Excellent. Kevin, what's ahead for the Quick Save Club, and where else can people find you and your content? Uh, for the Quick Save Club, well, we just wrapped up. Uh, if you don't know, the Quick Save Club is a spinoff of the Cartridge Club. We don't always get our shout out on the Cartridge Club, but uh, when we do, um, <laughs> uh, we are we're we're just like the Cartridge Club, but we focus on PC games. Uh, we just wrapped up uh, Minecraft, which was a great success. Our buddy Josh there, uh, Frantic or Society Josh, um, created a little server for us. So. Uh, I, I if people keep uh, adding to it and uh, logging on, I think we're going to keep it going. But uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, this month coming, uh, we're going to be playing Seventh Guest for the month of October. That's our spooky game. And then uh, we are doing an RTS. We're doing the very first Age of Empires, which I believe on the PC anyways, is part of the Game Pass. You yes, get it, uh, you're right. If you have Game Pass Ultimate, you have the Game Pass for PC. And, okay. And that version is there in in that uh, in that grouping. But yeah. I, I don't think the console has it. But if you have okay. Game Pass Ultimate, if you made that upgrade, which you should, it's the best value in gaming, you should definitely give that a try for sure. If you're anti that for whatever reason, Microsoft is also doing a, a wonderful thing where, and I'm no Microsoft fanboy, I just, I give credit when they do good things. Uh, they are putting all their games on Steam, including Age of Empires. So you can get it on Steam if uh, if you want as well. So if you're into some more RTS, uh, hit up the Quick Save Club. Just, I don't know, type it into uh, Google and we'll pop up. Uh, and as for myself, Buried on Mars, I got the YouTube channel. I do all sorts of different things on there. Sometimes I do some video game stuff. And uh, Retro Fandango, it's a weekly podcast I do with my buddy Richard where we just sit and talk and complain about things. 
Like Perfect. why? Like why does an IT guy not like using a mouse and keyboard? That's <laughs> that's going to be the number one thing we're going to discuss on the next Retro Fandango. Explain that to me. <laughs> Great. So with this, uh, again, thank you both, uh, and we'll close out this show, uh, kicking off our newest season of the Cartridge Club next month, October. We're playing Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, available on the NES and most recently on the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, which you can find on modern consoles and PC. If you enjoyed this show, you should also take a moment to listen in to our sister podcast, Cartridge Club Portable, available on this feed as well. For October, CC Portable will be playing Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, the first installment of the Zero Escape series on the Nintendo DS. To those of you who are interested in supporting the club beyond a review on the podcast app of your choice, I would like to mention that Cartridge Club Prime Portable and our website are entirely funded by pledges made from members of our community. And we're extremely grateful to those supporters. And if you're interested in becoming one of them, please look into how you can do that at patreon.com slash cartridge club. We look forward to hearing from you sometime real soon. CC Unite.